When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It's a Monday morning. It's corner three. Got to look back at the win over Missouri on Saturday. Look ahead to tomorrow night at Hilton Coliseum against the Kansas Jayhawks. Some huge games coming up this week for the Cyclones. Uh, of course, as always, we're presented by our friends at Mechdyne. You can learn more about them at mechdyne.com, M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Uh, and thanks to them, our great friends over in Marshalltown, for all of their support of us here at Cyclone Fanatic. Scott Christofferson, what's going on today, my man? Not much. Just a uh, big week for the Cyclones. Two really big games and, uh, you know, coming off a week where they, they got back in the winning column twice. So looking forward to uh, – what lies ahead for them? I, I I hope it's a big week for the Cyclones. Absolutely, great to string a couple wins together after uh, you know the the rough stretch that they went through, um, going two and five to start league play. But man, this game on on Saturday, you know, Iowa State didn't play very well for probably the first I don't know seventeen minutes of the game would be a a good. Uh, margin or amount of time I'd say, but you know, I thought they were still pretty solid defensively, even when Missouri was getting out in front there a little bit, uh, during the first half of the game, uh, some of the offensive issues that, you know, man, I feel like we've talked about them so much. Like it just, it it (laughs) continues just every game. There's going to be this stretch where they're going to start doing it again, shot too many threes too early in the, in possessions, um, stuff like that. And, you know, to be able to bounce back, they got the technical on on uh, Conzo Martin at the end of the of the first half, and be able to take the lead from there, and then go on a 15-0 run to start the the second half. It's hard to complain too much at the end of the day, you know, or nitpick too much. Yeah, no, I mean, two big wins. You know, Saturday you win by 17 points. It, don't don't apologize for that. You know, there's obviously stretches in that game where they struggle a little bit offensively, and I think. Uh, The thing that I took away from this game, I think with just a lot of clarity for this team uh, moving forward is, I mean, to me, when Isaiah and Tyrese get aggressive on offense playing downhill, we've talked about this, but when they really take it upon themselves to like impose their will doing that, I think it changes the, the, the way the entire operation runs for them. I think when they, you know, become a little passive or they're just not, you know, really going out there and taking over the, the, the lead on, on really playing downhill. I think this team just gets a little lost, you know, and I think that's where we see some of the the quick and early threes and the inadvertent turnovers. So I think going, getting ready for Kansas and, and Texas on Saturday, that, that to me is the thing that I think we can hone in on or that the Cyclones can hone in on offensively and say, Hey, 
when you two guys are leading by example and playing downhill and, 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 and playing within the offense. I mean, I'm not saying breaking it off and going one-on-one I'm talking about within the confines of the offense, finding opportunities and, and pushing the envelope of aggression. I just think it changes the entire way the, the, the rest of the the other seven players in the rotation play. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that they played, especially in the second half, that was as good a job as I think they've done playing downhill Yeah, in quite a while. You know, you saw Tyrese being able to get to the rim. Uh, Isaiah attacked the rim you know, even better than what he has here over the last several weeks, still shot some, you know, a fair amount of, of mid-range jumpers, but it was, you know, it was a lot more attack mode, uh, and getting downhill. So that was really positive to see. Um, man, I, I gotta say though, dude, that Missouri team is not good, not good at all. I, I feel bad for Missouri fans. That's obviously a really bad, like really proud program, we feel your pain. We've been there, you know, but I, it just, that it was even in the first half, they would make some shots and I'm just like, man, this is like, I, I don't know how some of these shots are going in. And, uh, yeah. I don't know the organization of their offense where you've got three people standing next to each other, you know, to get two 10 second calls, one of them where you're completely unguarded and things like that in the backcourt. Like that was just the, it was probably good for Iowa state to play a team like that, where they could kind of coast look, through the second half a little bit. As much of a get right game as this team is going to get yeah. the re- remainder of the season. And so, you know, huge win against Oklahoma state, carry that over into Saturday, get a convincing win. And, and this team should kind of, you know, feel good about itself, uh, you know, going into to Kansas on Tuesday. It was generally just not a very good day for the big 12 on Saturday. Uh, the SEC wins the Big 12 SEC Challenge for the second year in a row. Uh, some surprising um, outcomes. You know, I think Alabama being able to beat Baylor by nine, I, I would not have expected that. Uh, you know, Arkansas beating up on West Virginia, they were able to, the way they were able to, I didn't really see that coming. Were there any other ones that uh, that, that jumped out to you and maybe some outcomes that surprised you a little bit? I was surprised at how convincingly Kentucky beat Kansas. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is one of Kansas's stronger teams under bill self. I think they're a good team, but I don't, you know, I don't think there is as, as complete of a team as I'm oh, sorry, as we're used to having um, with bill self. But I thought that that would be a, a, you know, one, two possession game. I didn't expect Kentucky to go in there. And I think that that probably speaks more to how good Kentucky is, or maybe a little underranked uh, at the current mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. I would be surprised if they're not, and they've been playing really good ball lately too. You know, yeah. that's the getting that's, better and better, right? That's the thing with them. Like you got to give them some props, just the way that they've been able to, you know, continue to, to continue, continue to grow. And that roster has gelled, man. Oscar Shibway is as good as any big man in the, in college basketball right now. I think it's probably him and Kofi Coburn are right up there as the two best bigs in in the country. And they're both yeah. really fun to watch. But I, I was surprised too. I you know, I got home from the um from the Iowa State game, got back from Ames. By that point I was, you know, kind of past the point of where I wanted to really sit and analyze basketball. But I put that game on and all of a sudden I looked up and Kansas is down twenty and I was like, holy shit, what what the hell happened? Yeah. How how right. like how did this happen? But uh especially to see that happen in Allen Fieldhouse. I mean I that was not expected. Um it just is, you know, it's gonna be fun to follow this league over the last, you know, eight games. 
I feel like it's a situation where it's like a war of attrition with just the physicality that these teams are facing on a given night. And like, you know, it's who can kind of outlast everybody else is what it's going to come down to at the end of the day, if that makes sense. And well, and it's such a mental grind. I mean, you don't really get any sort of, you know, quote unquote, get right games. I think, I, I think any team in the league, particularly when they're playing at home can give any other team in this league a game and beat them. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you don't ever get to take a breath. You know, you're, you're constantly mentally stressed about what, you know, what, what's being asked of you. And, and I think, it'll be rewarding for the teams that make it into March and are seeded well, because they are going to be battle tested, you know, like few big 12 teams going into the tournament probably have in recent years. Um, but it's also one of those things where there's going to probably be a couple of teams that just don't win enough games. And this thing can kind of snowball on you where you don't, there's no let up. There's no, Hey, let's get our confidence back this game. It's like every game is a, a gut check, you know, test out your, you know, mental toughness and physical toughness type of game. Yeah. It just is. I think that could probably have played into some of the big 12 struggles on Saturday. You know, you just play so many tough games in a row. It just is, yeah. it can't wear on you. You know, I feel like we're in the dog days of it right now too, where it's like, you're not close enough to the beginning for it to be like exciting and new, but you're not close enough to the finish to like feel the urgency of like, man, we're in that stretch run. Yeah. I've always thought February is the month where you kind of figure out who the contenders versus the pretenders are, because the newness of big 12 play is over. You've played most of the teams in your league at least once, you know, it's, it's the dog days of winter. It's the dog days of college basketball season that we're not quite close enough to be excited for big 12 conference tournament for the NCAA tournament. So now I think is when you see those teams that really, emerge come March as, you know, teams that can make deep, deep runs over the next 30 days. They're the ones that stick with this, see things through and kind of grind these games out as the season wears on. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wrote on Saturday after the game. Like we know what the formula is for Iowa state to have success on a night in night out basis. And we know that they've got room to continue to improve. And I think as much as anything, it's about being able to you know, get away from having those stretches where you get away from your identity. And, you know, that's, what's encouraging to me about what this team can do moving forward is like, they continue to get better, you know, and we've seen a lot of teams that kind of plateau out maybe at the end of January going into February. I don't think that's going to happen with this team. Like they just seem to, they seem to be really dedicated to getting better in between each game. You know? Yeah. I think that they've all bought it. I, I mean, that's something, you know, however much you want to criticize this team for, you know, lulls in the offensive performance or whatever. I mean, they have bought in hook, line and sinker to TJ's message about building the daily habits and just continuing to grind and continuing to work from day one. They've carried it through the ups of the season. They've carried it through the you know low moments that they've had in the last month. And my hope is, and I, I think, you know, the, natural laws of basketball would tell you that that's probably going to have, give them a good chance to have that pay off as we get into the dog days of the season now, because they've just continued to work and continued to grind. They seem to keep a pretty level, uh, level perspective uh, and don't get too high and don't get too low. Like, I think a good example, you know, don't get me wrong. Baylor is a, is a really good team still, 
but they were playing such good basketball, like at the end of December and going into January, like when they came and played Iowa state at Hilton Coliseum. And now I think they've lost three or five or something like that. And it just, they don't look like the same team offensively that they were earlier in the year. You know, James Akinjo is kind of banged up. Like I, it kind of worries me sometimes when you sit there and it's early January and you're like, man, this team is playing really great ball. And you just don't know where you can go from there. You know, like it's almost hard to build on that. Like you're playing so well at, at a certain point that it's like, okay, now, now what, you know? Yeah. I, I still think there's time for Baylor to get hot, but one of the things that I kind of thought about after the the first game that we played them was I was like, they shot the ball really well. And I thought that they probably had like a B plus a minus performance and Iowa state did not shoot the ball well at all. I mean, I would say that was probably like a C performance and Iowa state was still in that game coming down the stretch. And I just remember thinking to myself, I mean, if that's one of the five best teams in the country right now, and they just had a pretty good game and I would say probably an A minus type of game. And we played a C game one for 14 from the three. And we lost, you know, by just a couple of possessions, I'm like, I know they're really good. I know they're playing really well and coming off of the national title, they've got a ton of momentum, but I'm like, I kind of wondered, I'm like, I, I feel like that's why after they played Texas tech and Texas tech went in on the road and, and beat or with Texas tech beat Kansas at home and then beat Baylor on the road, even without some of their better players. I'm like, I think Texas tech's going to win this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously Texas tech's going to get a big test tomorrow night on the road at, at Texas, dude, that game is going to be electric. Electric. Uh, obviously Chris Beard's first time playing against Texas Tech. Okay. This is actually in Lubbock. So that makes it even more electric, but uh, man, I mean, I will be locked into that one. I can promise you that it doesn't start until eight o'clock, but, uh, and it's obviously right after Kansas and Iowa state. So I guess maybe I won't be locked into it while it's live, but that'll be one that I get home and I'm immediately getting ready to, you know, to queue up because I, I can't even imagine what the reception he's going to get when he walks back into United supermarkets or supermarket supermarkets arena. That's a mouthful of a arena name, <laughs> but uh, because of the way that he left Lubbock and he's obviously such a great coach, but you know, to see that team be as good as they have, even after he left, I mean, that's been really fun. And I think that, you know, that game tomorrow night is going to be really fun. And I'm glad that Iowa state does not have to play that again. Isn't that what makes college sports so fun though? You know, is stuff, you know, like atmospheres like that. I think that's what makes college basketball so special. And that'll be a, that'll be a really fun one, especially without having a horse in the race to just mm-hmm. kind of watch for, you know, as a, as a third party observer and just, just kind of take it all in. Cause yeah, I think that, I mean, I saw, they were camping out for that game. Some students were camping out for that game on like Saturday. Yeah. Doesn't shock me, man. I (laughs) I knew that that was going to be, that was going to be a big deal, especially down in the state of Texas, man. Like I can't even imagine the feeling. I mean, it's like if Matt Campbell left Iowa state for Iowa, right. You know, like that's the only thing that I think would even be comparable to go from being at one of those smaller schools in Texas to go to the university of Texas and you're still in the same league like that would just be i don't know there's there's certain places like you're allowed to ascend to in your coaching career yeah you know like you but there's certain places that you're not allowed to leave for right and right. you know that's and i saw a, texas falls yeah. in that category i saw a quote from kirby hokut who's one of the best athletic directors in the country and has been at texas tech for a long time 
you know, and he said, Chris Beard could have gone anywhere in the country and we would have celebrated him, but not yeah. the university of Texas. And right. I was like, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. And I'm going to guess that the Texas Longhorns are not going to spend tonight in Lubbock. Uh, this would be a fire alarm at two o'clock in the morning special. I think if, uh, if they stayed at a hotel in Lubbock, uh, an equally great atmosphere should be tomorrow night at Hilton Coliseum when Kansas comes into town. Uh, before we talk about that game, I need to talk real quick about our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Uh, you guys have heard all about them on the Williams and Bloom podcasts on Sunday night. Of course, they've got their locations in downtown Des Moines, uh, as well as Cedar Falls, uh, Jefferson, the East Village, uh, in Midtown and Windsor Heights. Uh, they've been done great work with us here at Cyclone Fanatic, been a great partners of ours for the last several years. Uh, if you need somewhere that, you know, just to post up and work, maybe you're where you, uh, your employer is not going back into the office. You just need to get away from your kids. You just need some quiet time. You want to get around some other people, uh, gravitate co-working and all of their different locations in downtown Des Moines, the East village, midtown Des Moines and Windsor Heights, uh, and then Jefferson and Cedar Falls, uh, great places, places to check out. And you can learn out more about them at gravitatecoworking.com. All right. Iowa state in Kansas tomorrow night at Hilton Coliseum. Oh man. Uh, I'm excited for this one, dude. I think that this is, uh, the atmosphere will be electric. I I'm anticipating it being the best atmosphere we've seen in Hilton Coliseum since that Iowa game. What, what are your favorite memories of playing against Kansas and Hilton Coliseum, Scott? My senior year, it was the one time we beat them. Uh, and I think that was kind of the game that people started to say, Hey, maybe this team will be different from previous cyclone teams that, you know, had kind of fizzled out in conference play that I played on. So that was a, a special, a special game. Um, I think the fans stormed the court the first time that ever happened while I was playing at Iowa state. So no, I always, uh, I mean, I, I have a very fond memory of that one and I always love playing against Kansas. I just, I don't know, just something about, I really respected the way Bill self uh, coached, you had to work for everything you got against his teams, but uh, they were also a, a class act. I always thought he was a class act and a great coach. So I, I, I love this. I think it's, you know, I don't know that it's uh, like a mainstream college basketball rivalry, but I think as like an Iowa state fan, I consider Kansas, the Kansas games, like those are like rivalry games in my, in my view. I'm right there with you. And I think it was so close to becoming a mainstream rivalry. You know, like you think back to, 2015, 2016, 2017, the years when, you know, Iowa state was, had gotten where they could consistently beat Kansas, you know, yeah. and it would be anytime that Kansas came to Hilton Coliseum, it was going to be a dog fight. And even if you went down to Lawrence, like it was going to be a dog fight every time that they played, you know, and then game day came that one year, like it just seemed like it was right on the cusp of being one of those mainstream best rivalries in college basketball. And then, you know, I think the last several years have kind of put a dent in that, but, you know, to see it back on ESPN after, you know, last year, both games, I think were on ESPN plus, I want to say even maybe the year before that, all the games between these two teams were on ESPN plus, but, you know, just to see it back on ESPN, like that's, I saw that this morning and I was like, man, this is how this rivalry is supposed to be. You know, this is yeah. what this game is supposed to mean. And it's supposed to be two teams that are, you know, battling for positioning in the big 12, battling for seating and things like that, trying to get quality wins and rack up those quality wins. You know, at the end of the day, the thing that has made Kansas so good and, and allowed them to win the league so many years in a row is they've been better than anybody else at going on the road and winning, you know, cause that's what it takes to win this league is it, it's, can you go on the road and can you beat people on the road? 
And Kansas is better than that, better at that than anybody else in the big 12. Um, I don't know. This is, I think this is just going to be a really exciting game, dude. Like I, I, Ken Palm's got it as a one point game right now. Uh, I just, oh, I'm excited, dude. I'm so excited. And, and to like, to see Ochag Baji and, you know, see him in person and see the kind of player that he is. Like, I think that's going to be really fun too, because he's, he's as good as anybody in the country right now. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, I agree that I think, I think it's going to be a, a great game. The first game was a great game. Right. Uh, you know, a tragic ending for us Cyclone fans, but it was a great game. And I think that Iowa state actually matches up pretty well with this Kansas team. Uh, I know that their Remy Martin was out the first game, but I, I still think uh, Iowa state, I think Iowa state has a better chance, a better than 50% chance of winning this game. I, I, they're coming off two wins. I don't think they're going to have their heads too high in the sky over those two wins, but I think they're going to have kind of found some confidence. I think they're starting to find some things that work for them. And if they can put it all together and really, you know, tighten up on um, Abaji and Braun in the half court, make sure they don't give them anything easy in transition. And then offensively, just like I said, get your two guys playing aggressive, leading the charge and get everybody else involved off of that. Uh, I think they're going to have a, a favorable chance to win this game. I really do. I'm interested to see what the defensive strategy will be against Doug Baji because, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen where teams have tried more and more to completely keep him from even getting the ball. You know, the, yeah. I think that kind of started with that tech game uh, last Monday where, you know, he was getting the Steph Curry treatment where he's being mm -hmm. guarded 95 feet away from the basket, face guarded, like you're not going to get the ball anymore. We've seen enough, you know, and I just, I think it's really important, especially when you're playing at home, you cannot let that guy get rolling, you know, like that's when, when you can really get into some trouble is when, when that guy can get loose and get into a rhythm early on in the game. And then all of a sudden he puts on 35 on your head you know, and like, and being able to keep him from getting into that rhythm early in the game, I think that's going to be really important in this one. I, I think that that I, I would not like face guard him per se. Yeah. But I do think one of the things that they did, they, they, they had slip up a couple of times in the first game was they overhelped off of him and gave him in rhythm threes. Mm -hmm. And when you give a guy like that, an in rhythm, easy jump shot for him, you, you give up the three points or the two points, but you also are giving one of the best scores in the country like that, that mojo. Right. And, and all of a sudden he starts to kind of find his rhythm. So those almost, in my opinion, uh, against a player of his caliber count for more than just the two or three points that you give up. So I think Iowa state's defense has been so predicated on their, they're very well connected. Their rotations are sharp. I think if you start to have one guy not play to your defensive principles, that that can kind of now all of a sudden the other players, they get better looks than what they're accustomed to. And you get more and more guys in rhythm. I would be more a fan of just saying, Hey, whoever's guarding these guys, you're still going to do your assignment within the, the confines of our defense, but we can't give him any easy transition looks and we can't give him any easy in rhythm half court looks. And I would say there were probably three to five of those that happened in the first game. And in a game that could come down to one or two possessions, that could be the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. And I think, I think to, I would be more comfortable with a scenario where it's like, okay, if we're going to, 
you know, overhelp on somebody or anything like that. It's absolutely not that guy. It's, it's right. that one, that one guy. It's like, man, you stay glued to that dude. Don't do anything. That's going to be crazy. Don't do anything. That's going to let him get loose. Stay with him. If that means that Christian Brown gets a couple of more open shots, like, you know, whatever David McCormick gets a couple more open looks at the bucket, whatever we'll take making those guys beat us, you know? And I think that's even what teams have done to Iowa state to an extent it's we'll let anybody besides Isaiah Brackington beat us. You know, we're not going to let that guy beat us, but any of these other guys, we'll take our chances with them. You know, and I think that when you're playing Kansas and with a, a Ochai playing as well as he is right now, like I'd, I'd say I'll take my chances with anybody else. And they've got some really good players that obviously have that ability, but they're not guys that have scored 20 points a game and are as, you know, are susceptible to go for 40 if you love yeah, it, and it's it's just little subtle things you know because they'll scout them right you know they're what they're trying to get to in the half court and their counters and stuff and it's just being a little bit more hyper aware and you know getting your stunt on, on your help done a half step earlier so you can get mm-hmm. to him or just staying a little bit more connected off of a simple dribble drive where a guy doesn't need you to go and help and those sorts of things you, you don't have to be superman you don't have to have some you know magical defense or anything like that it's just the, the attention to detail on a guy like that, you let up for a half second and he makes you pay for it nine times out of 10. Uh, and he, he's the kind of guy that will get you th- that will put 35 on you. If you let him. Right. a lot of those other guys, even if you allow them to hit some shots, they just, they're not going to take the game over to the degree where they're going to get 30 or 35 in Hilton. So I look at him and, and Brown and say, you know, in the half court, let's really be solid on those two guys and make sure we don't give them anything easy, make them work for everything they get. And I think if they do that, they're going to have a chance to hold Kansas to, you know, 60 or so again, which in in theory should be a winning number for this Mm -hmm. team, especially in, in Hilton Coliseum, I would say, um, who, who are you putting on, on Agbaji? Who's gardening? Who do you, who's your, who's getting the first assignment? Oh, I think you probably got to go Gabe, don't you? I mean, maybe you could put Isaiah on him, I but saying, I also don't want Isaiah yeah. to get foul trouble. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was just saying, like I think it, it's got to be Gabe or, or Isaiah, and whoever doesn't guard Agbaji probably guards Brown. That was my guess. Because right. yeah. I, I, you know, for me, you don't want Isaiah getting in foul trouble early in this game. He needs to play 38 plus minutes t- tomorrow night. Uh, and Gabe has been a great defender all year. I mean, you know, the, his three point shooting has been a little up and down, but his defense has been super consistent game in and game out, you know, and, and maybe that's, maybe that's a, a challenge for Gabe is, Hey, you know, go and show the league. You're one of the best defenders in it. And, and that can be a kind of a shining moment for him, um, in a, a marquee, you know, nationally televised game. Mm-hmm. My only concern would be him getting in foul trouble as well, because he has, uh, he has a propensity to foul sometimes when, well, you know, but that is what it is. And it just depends on the officiating crew sometimes as well. Well, it, it does. And I think, you know, that's something we've talked about we, the, the, in a big game, you come in and you, you have your game plan. We're going to play the way we play, but if we get 10 minutes into this game and there's certain things that we traditionally do, that they're not allowing to have happen from a, you know, a hand checking standpoint or a physicality. Like we have to make those adjustments. Right. You're not going to beat a team like Kansas. If you don't, you know, a- adjust right. to what's going on within the game. Right. All right. What do you want to see early in the game to feel like it's uh, going a good direction? 
I want to see them not give up anything easy in transition. That was a little bit of a, a problem area early against Oklahoma State. I want to see them be solid against those two players in the half court and just making them make contested shots. No, nothing easy. And then offensively, I just, I want to see Isaiah and Tyrese be aggressive for a full 40 minutes. And I think it's always easy to do that when your shots are falling. I think with those, I think the adjustment that, that, that if, if there's one thing I could change about what they do between now and the end of the season that I think is going to make the biggest difference is when your shots aren't falling, this team can ill afford to have those guys fall to the wayside. You know, if you're Caleb grill and you miss your first three or four shots and you just become a little bit more passive, probably not that big of a deal. When those two guys don't attack, it affects everybody else on the team and how they're forced to play. So if your shots are not falling early, stick with it. Keep getting your head, keep getting the ball in the paint, keep your head on the rim, get to your spots in the mid range. If you're Isaiah and continue to be aggressive because that's going to make everybody else's job on offense easier too. All right, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you later on in the week, hopefully after another win, and then we'll look ahead to Saturday against Texas. Sound good. Sounds good. Awesome. We'll talk to everybody again soon. Peace.